Welcome to the Small Business Podcast. We bring you weekly information, practical skills, and mentorship from industry professionals. This podcast is powered by T, an initiative that has directly impacted over 50,000 plus small businesses nationwide. This podcast is for small business owners who want to start, run, and grow their business. Follow us on all our social media platforms. Hashtag join us for tea. Every Wednesday is a new podcast. Hola, hola, Shapunja, and hi, guys. My name is Bulelani here. You're chilling with Bulelani today, man. And I'm just going to be chatting to you amazing entrepreneurs about financial literacy and managing your money. And I think... As a sort of as a sort of icebreaker in this conversation, I mean, there's a quotation that a mentor of mine loves saying, right? Um, revenue is vanity. Um, revenue is vanity. Profit is sanity, but cash flow is reality. You see, so you sort of think back. <laughs> I don't know if you could remember, but uh, you sort of sit there and you think back to that moment in your entrepreneurial life where you made X amount of money. And that X amount of money that you would have made is happening through a meeting that you are having with your accountant where he's drawing up your annual um, thing in financial statements. And you are seeing that, you know, it's it's showing top line numbers, you know, that you are making in the millions, whether it's one million to 10 to 20 to 30 million. And then in that Damascus moment, you sit there and you think to yourself, where did all of this money go? Because you're seeing the numbers on a piece of paper and everything is waxing lyrical. Um, but these are the sales that went in. But when you sort of look at your net profit, there's nothing there and all the money has sort of disappeared. But I think today when we today in this podcast, when we're chatting financial um, finance and financial literacy, I think at the back of your head, I, I want you to have that, you know, cash flow is everything in business. And I think as an entrepreneur, as you develop and grow your business, I would want you to consistently focus on getting the money in. But some of the biggest challenges, and I think I'll unpack this as as we chat further, but some of the biggest challenges that entrepreneurs struggle to ask for money. You know, it's one of the strangest things, um, but we struggle to ask for money. And I think that's also from a cultural perspective. It comes from, sorry, it sort of comes from what doing business for us sort of stands for because you you engage a lot of entrepreneurs and you sort of ask them what is their unique selling proposition and an entrepreneur will tell you that my unique selling proposition is we build schools for the community, uh, we feed the hungry, we do so and so. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but we are starting at the end. But the beginning part of you starting to develop your business is the fact that you went into business to make money for yourself. And you went into business um, from, I think, to a degree from a capitalistic perspective. And I think self-sustenance and being selfish being selfish in a good way is very important so that you are able to then inherently and internally build a formidable organization. And the moment you've built this formidable organization that has got the right teams in place, that has got the right contracts in place, that has got the right revenue in place, then you'll be able to go out into the market and grow your business and sort of position it in the right way. So think about it this way. Financial knowledge gives us an opportunity to plan, manage, and apply our resources fruitfully. I'll say that again. Um, Financial knowledge gives us an opportunity to plan, manage, and apply our resources fruitfully. You see, one of... 
over and above a business plan. And, you know, it's something I've come to discover um, being an entrepreneur myself, over and above your business plan. Actually, in actual fact, for me, beyond your business plan, beyond your brand strategy, if you want to really know where a business is, look at their financial statements or look at their monthly management accounts, because that will tell you whether the business is progressing, whether they're growing, whether they've got the right sort of assets in there, whether they are marketing as adequately as they need to. Are they, are they, are they, are they over indebted? Um, are they, are they over and over, are they over their heads in terms of their fixed expenses through their overheads? And that then becomes a conversation that sort of gets unpacked when you sort of, when you decide deliberately that you're going to financially um, educate yourself and grow and develop and groom yourself financially. But it starts with you, the entrepreneur. So I used to sit there with, uh, I used to sit there with my mentor and I used to always say, you know, I hate administration. You know, anything that has to do with filing, administration, I hate it. But, you know, I think for him, the, one of the key things that he said is that, you know, psychosomatically or rather in one's mindset, right, in one's thinking, the more and more you keep telling yourself you're not good at something or you hate something or it's not for you, then you, you then at the end of the day, you're going to sort of draw yourself away from the thing that you need to do. Administration and financial administration and management is a key thing in business because the whole, the because business in and itself and being entrepreneurs, the whole job is to get the money in. But growth happens when we're able to manage our, fi our cash flow, when we're able to manage the funds when we're able to utilize the financials that we have in front of us to plan. And that's the thing about finances, because it gives you um, a historic idea in terms of how you performed year to date. It also gives you an overview in terms of where you are right now from a financial performance perspective. And I think it becomes also then important because from that sort of planning conversation that you have with yourself, your accountant, your team, either your banker or whosoever is, 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 is uh, whosoever you're engaging with or your ex-core if you're at that level, then you then sort of utilize that sort of plan to then create some sort of management processes in place that would allow you to, to operate more efficiently, you know? Um, and, and, and I think, and I think in, in in not wanting to bore you because I know and I know how entrepreneurs think, right? Think about let's think about it from a benefits perspective. What are the benefits of financial literacy, managing your cash flow well, managing your money well, and being conscious of where each and every rand you are spend is going? Number one will be you will have a better understanding of your business and how it runs. So we sort of touched on that with regards to your management accounts, your financials will give you a great understanding of this. Number two, you will be able to forecast um, and plan better. I think about it this way. I mean, you, you you get to situations sometimes where you're writing up a proposal or you're working on an amazing business concept and idea and you get to the forecasting perspective. So ordinarily, when you're starting out a new business, the forecasting almost becomes difficult because you're thumb sucking. But because you might have a pre-existing business, um, forecasting is easy. And some so you might be an entrepreneur out there who's thinking to themselves, yo, how do I forecast? So forecasting simply means you're going to sort of so sort of do a, th a throw forward, plan ahead, how much money might you be making? But sometimes it becomes difficult on the back of no trading history. You don't have an accountant. 
And this is where I then say that big data becomes important. And what is big data? Your transactional data. So if you are operating in a space where you are receiving money um, hand-to-hand or hand-to-mouth, all the sorts, manage that money, understand how many customers are buying from you, how much are they spending from you, have a book and have a ledger. And consistently, each at the end of every week or at the end of every month, Go through that book, go through your financial management book, go through your management accounts to then understand what should, what have you done better to improve on, what could you improve on, and what do you need to stop doing. The third thing is the accumulated financial data puts you in a position to make strategic decisions. You know, the moment I realized that I could literally go um, on my online accounting system and do year-to-date Right, um, that we could do a comparison between um, last year, this time, um, this time of the month, this day of the month, how much did we make um, to last year, any day of the year, to three years ago, to four years ago? Because I think the historic also gives us a great indication of what we need to do better, what we should have improved on, and what we sort of need to do moving forward to grow our businesses. Number four. You will be able to grow your business. So this this is the sort of ripple effect, but growth of business starts from within. I'll say that again. Growth of your bottom line, growth of your business and growth of your revenue starts from within. It's all about the entrepreneur in themselves being willing to participate and being willing to fully immerse themselves in the development and the growth of their own business. Because at the end of the day, it goes back to, are you interested enough yourself to actually grow your business? And the moment you are, and you sort of change your posture about um, your about financial, your relationship with money, that is when and only when you will then be able to start to see the opportunities that lay await um, and available for you. So financial advice, I wish I got when I started. Um, Financial advice, I wish I got when I started. Number one, financial management is not just outsourced and left to the accountant. You don't give everything over to the accountant and you don't know what's happening in your business because at the end of the day, the fiduciary responsibility for any financial transaction, whether it's with UIF, whether it's with SARS, whether it's with CIPC, is solemnly on your head. So financial management is not outsourced and left to the accountant, but you need to be accountable. Number two. Have up to three months of operational expenses saved up for rainy days. Now, obviously, notwithstanding the, the impact that COVID-19 has had, um, you, would re- you would have realized that based on how much savings you've had and based on how deeply devastated your industry has been, um, not having savings at all will put you in a very terrible or tough position. And I think majority of businesses operate in debt. So this then becomes very difficult. But I think if you're an entrepreneur in a space where you are able to be very lean and save up to three months of your operational expenses, make sure that you keep that money in the back. And I think this also goes back to delaying um, your financial desires or your financial gratification that instead of spending that money or rather instead of spending all of that money in its entirety uh, for self-gain and self-preservation and self-development, utilize it for rainy days. And I think over and above that, then you could then um, start to then build for self and work towards um, gratifying your personal needs. 
the third point there, um, and I mean, if you're just joining us right now or you've just, I don't know, jumped into the middle of this podcast, I'm sharing financial advice I wish I got when I started. The third point there is separate yourself from the business. You know, separate yourself from the business because if you are starting a business and I'd love to believe that you're starting with you're starting your business with growth in mind. You wanted to grow, you wanted to scale. Part of that means that you would want to go out there, get other shareholders and partners to get involved. Uh, you'd want to get funding from um, funding agencies or the bank and the sort. And I, I had to learn this the hard way when you're sort of going through your bank statement and you're seeing KFC, Nando's, uh, your ShopRite Checkers, and all these other um, <laughs> brands that that are sort of showing on the in the in the transactional records that have got nothing to do with your business. Separate your business money and your personal um, money, and 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 I think, and I think the importance of this is it will teach you self discipline, because you will be able to pay yourself what is yours, um, and you'll be able to separate for the business and what is the business, and be very disciplined in this regard. Pay yourself a salary. Um, doesn't matter what that amount is; it's to your discretion. This is a conversation you can also have with your accountant, so that you can also then weigh out what is the risk of certain um, salary thresholds and the sorts, and what you will then be held liable to your um, to either the SARS, the SARS of this world, UIF creators, and the sorts. The fourth point. Um, know and build a working relationship with your banker and accountant. These are key. Financial advice I wish I got is build. So a relationship a relationship manager would be the, the, that person who's assigned. So every bank has an individual who's assigned to your particular bank account. Um, and obviously, the higher you go, the more money you make, then the focus on you becomes more and more. But go go in there and have a conversation with these guys because these are your team members when you think about it this way because their job at the end of the day is to help you to help you make money because when you make money they make money you know and their job as well is to open up credit facilities um for you so i think being able to sit down and have a conversation with your relationship manager or your banker uh, becomes very critical and i think don't think about them as individuals that are on the other side and don't even wait for because one of the mistakes that we make is that you wait you are waiting for the day you make money to have financial or money conversations don't wait for the day you have money to have money conversations start having money conversations before you even have that money before you even break and make that first million or two million and make your accountant your friend and i think being able to manage this through uh, monthly meetings is critical um, the fifth point there is have a separate account for vat i mean if you're an entrepreneur who's paying vat um you know, I think one of the best advices I ever got from my accountant is have a VAT holding account. So if you are VAT registered, you would know that 15% of that amount goes towards paying your VAT. And it becomes very difficult because you've got obligations and commitments and salaries to pay. Some months the business is not doing well. And the best way to manage this is pay over. The moment a client pays you, pay over the 15% into a holding account. And the moment you're done with the two-month cycle and you've reconciled and you pay to SARS, whatever you pay to SARS, you can move the funds either back in um, into the account for operational expenses or keep them in the VAT holding account. Do this 
and be very disciplined in this because it's going to save you at the end of the day. Because sometimes the sort of thinking, which then ties into the point I made um, at point number three about separating your business account to your personal account, is that sometimes you th- you sort of feel like when the money is all in one account, you sort of think that it all belongs to either you or the business. So being able to clearly separate and demarcate um, puts you in a great position for growth. Point number six, cash flow is reality. That is Zulu for ask for the money. Ask for the money. You know, um, ask for a deposit before you start any work. Um, That's point number seven. But I want to link point number six and point number seven. Cash flow is reality. So make sure you've got the money in the bank and get a 50% upfront deposit. And I think some of the things that we then decided to do because we one of the businesses I run is in the production, sorry, is in the production space, right? So we manufacture stuff. And some of the challenges that we sort of started to see was the fact that so even after we have managed manufactured these goods and we have sent them out to the clients and the guys are either going out there to fabricate or to going out there to install these products, we found that it takes a very long time for the clients to pay us for our services, um, the products that we would have delivered. So we then came up with a policy. You pay 50% upfront and then you then pay the moment the job is done and it's completed, we'll send you pictures to show that it's done, but no rigger, no fabricator, no manufacturer, no installer is going to leave site up until we get full payment. So that helps you keep um, your cash flow up, but always ask for the money. Sometimes we get caught up in a situation where you're working with a brick brand and it gets exciting that you're working with a brick brand that you forget um, that you forget uh, to take off all your financial management boxes. Get the money in the bank, and if the money in the bank, if the money is not in the bank, then you know I won't necessarily don't start don't start that work but you know then make sure that you've got a very tight contract with them then make sure they've got an offer to sorry offer to purchase um, make sure that you've got um, the right sort of documents in place that will allow you to be able to claim that money in the long run um, and point number eight engage expense uh, sorry engage expense suppliers on better products and costing every six months so this 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 I almost discovered by mistake. I think I was going through my financials and I was realizing that we are rather paying um an an exorbitant amount for our business insurance at the time. And and I think I went back to the policy. Um I went back to the the company that held our business um business insurance account and I had a conversation with them to say, well, you know what, we sort of feel like the premium is a bit high. Could you potentially, could we negotiate for you to drop it a bit lower? Let's look at our record. So in the past six months, we haven't claimed. Um, and we've been paying you on time with no issues. Um, so could you potentially give us a discount? That's the one way to go about it. If they come back with a sort of, we are unable to give you a discount, then you can then sort of take your um, policy schedule or um, your policy document or your premium document or the service that they're rendering to you. Send it out to other competitors in the market because if the cost to if the if the transfer cost or the switching cost is not too high then jump over to the other side you know and get go wherever you get the best deal at the end of the day because this then will then keep you in a lean financial position for you to be
be able to operate. And do this across the board, you know, negotiate better terms because if you know that historically you purchased ink um, or, or consumables from a certain supplier and you've been purchasing the same consumables, you know, over the past six months or the past 12 months and you know that you're forecasting that you're going to be consuming the same, uh, buying the same consumables, then maybe then try buying them and bark and negotiating a better deal or, you know, negotiate a better deal. But everyone is always open to engaging. The question is, are you willing to engage? Point number nine, play the long game with clients. You know, um, don't just get the money in for now. You know, play the long game because at the end of the day, business is not a sprint <laughs> it's a marathon. And I think the higher and higher you go, the more and more you work, you'll then start to realize that um, um, the business community is a very small one. You know, so managing the relationships in the right way becomes very critical. But also, I think from a monetary perspective, you might also find yourself in a position where you do certain jobs and you don't make money. You know, and I think it's all part and parcel in playing the long game because you sort of then need to then dabble and weigh out, is it worth it for me not to make money at this deal so that I build for the long term, so that I get, um, so that I build the relationship for the long term. And then on the flip side, part of building the relationship for the long term is getting a retainer. You know, a retainer would be a short payment that you're getting each and every month. You know, get get, get that retainer money. It's all well and good to get the month-to-month business, but you find that you burn out a lot of resources trying to get new customers and trying to get all customers to sort of buy from you. But when you sort of lock them into a retainer sort of model, then that works to your advantage because at the end of the day, you're able to plan better because you know that at the end of each and every month, you've got a set amount of money that is coming into to the business. Point number 10, and I will stress this to you, do this in your personal capacity, uh, do this in your business capacity, check your credit profile. Because some of the time, some of the sometimes you question why you are not getting funding or you're not getting financial opportunities. And it's because of the information that is sourced. Um, uh, it's because of this information that is sourced at the, you know, at the credit, sorry, sorry, at the credit um, 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 thing, a union at the end of the day, uh, call it that. Because at the end of the day, whatever, if you're going in there to get um, a revolving loan or an overdraft or you want to buy a new vehicle for the office or you want to invest in equipment and machinery, they sort of go there and they check whatever you're applying for versus what they have. So historically, we would have known that they would check what accounts you have, what your financial transactions are like. But I think the importance of also then checking your credit profile so that you understand what scoring you have, what scoring the business have has and also validating the actual accounts that you credit accounts that you have because sometimes we are aware of cases of fraud um uh, where you know people go out there and open up accounts in your name and sometimes you find that you would have paid off a business account or a personal account long ago but it sort of sits there lingering and it sort of stifles your financial opportunities and so this then becomes very very important you know um so this is the 10 um, this is the 10 financial advices I wish I got when I started. Um, so I implore you to take this um, take this to heed um, and sort of unpack your mind to these opportunities. And I think, you know, it, it would be sort of unfair to talk about managing your finances well, managing your money well, too, without talking about some of the tools, practical tools that you can use 
um, practical tools that you can use to manage your finances. Um, number one, get onto an accounting software. I mean, if you go onto, um, or if you go onto the internet now, you'll be able to find paid for softwares, which are the ones. I mean, it's one of the ones we use, um, in our in our business. And I think on the other side, we'll be able to get uh, free to use, um, uh, sorry, sort of accounting systems. This becomes important because it also builds credibility. It makes you look professional. Um, number two, in terms of the tools you can use um, to help you manage your finances, um, you can get a payroll system that will help you manage the people that you employ, right? What's due to them, their salaries. Yet again, it helps you build credibility. It helps you to manage your um, your your funds pretty well. Historically, you've got data in terms of who you employed, when, how much you paid them, and you know, and how much is liable to them, how much is liable to UIF, PAYE, and the source. Um, you, so, so to a degree, um, your credit card, right? Um, <clears throat> and I think for me, the sort of play with the credit card goes back to the credit. So it goes back to the credit score. You know that a majority of credit cards that you find in the market. Now, this requires a lot of discipline as well, right? But a lot of credit cards in the market allow you to, you know, to to sort of pull money out. And if you pay it back in fifty five days, you. Um, you don't have to pay an interest. So if you know that you've gotten a job in a PO that needs money, you can sort of go into their credit card, draw that money out, and utilize that those funds towards the growth of your business. And I think what I've come to learn as well in my conversations with my accountant, or sorry, my bank manager, is the fact that if you're utilizing your credit card, then it gives you a better credit rating and a better credit profile with the bank. And it's a money game because at the end of the day, you think if you're 10 million in the bank, you've got... Uh, the opportunity or the muscle to access all the money that is out there in the world. No, sadly to say, you don't. Um, money, at the end of the day, money is measured. Credit profiles are measured by money going in and money going out. So there needs to be a financial play. But discipline, 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 discipline is very critical. Um Number four, you could download a mobile receipt capturing. Now, these would be cash receipts that you are that you are getting. Um, this also then could help you in then also then systemizing the people that are coming to you and paying cash. If you are if you are a business that's in the retail space, get a POS a payment system, um, a speed point of sorts that you can then keep uh, transaction. And these systems are sort of evolved over the years, and now you are able to manage your stock. You are able to manage your stock inventory, you're able to collect the money that has been paid in cash, you're able to manage which suppliers have paid in. Depending on the sophistication of your business and your business needs, then find the best POS system based on where you are. The last point, point number six in tools to help you manage your finances better is Online payment solutions, right? Um, online payment solutions, these are plugins that you're able to plug into your website that will help you to, sorry, that will help you to, um, for people that want to buy online, right? Um, these then would largely be called payment gateways. So if you've got a product and it's online-based, sometimes getting people to just buy online, you know, puts you in a better position. It gives you cash flow because they pay up front. It gives you an opportunity for you to be able to be risk-free. But at the very same time, it gives anyone in the world or anyone in the country the opportunity to consume your product and be able to put the money into your business. And then wrapping it up, 
Um, and what are the benefits, right? So obviously, most of what we've spoken about right now requires you either to have a bank account, to be registered with CIPC. Um, it requires you to a degree to have some sort of financial knowledge. And we can't run away from the fact that that has heavy elements of formalizing your businesses. Because at the end of the day, if you want to grow your business and you might start as an informal business, as a hustler who's selling on the side of the road, you might start your business as someone who is, you know, you are you are baking your own cakes it's a sole proprietor it's not registered but if you've got growth at the back of your head and if you want to grow it then at some point you're going to need to register um, your business so that you can open yourself up to funding opportunities to large corporate and government opportunities that are available to you so the first point there and this is one of sorry this is one of five points and we wrap it up after this Number one, the benefits of formalizing your business. Number one, you access, you'll get access to bid for government and corporate contracts. Um, because these these are the basic documents that they're going to require from you. I mean, the basic documents, and I'll stipulate them here. We're going to do a whole uh, podcast on compliance, so look out for that. That's going to give you more details here. But I think be, the basic stuff that they will always require from you is your, sorry, the basic stuff that they will require from you is your ID, your affidavit, which you can download for free on the internet and fill it up and go to the nearest police station and get a stamp that will act as your BE certificate. Your bank confirmation letter, so you would then need to have a business, um, a business account. Um, getting a bank confirmation letter there would help you. Over and above that would be your CIPC registration, your tax clearance. Um, those then become the basic documents that they require from you, sort of FICA documents that they require from you to do business with you. Point number two, talking about benefits of formalizing your business, is you can access credit, loan, and funding opportunities. You'll be able to access credit, loan, and funding opportunities. Point number three, um, you'll be able to build a unique brand with goodwill. You know, because at the end of the day, if you formalize yourself um, to a degree and you manage it well and you manage it with discipline, then you'll be able to, um, sorry, then you'll be able to build a unique brand with goodwill. And at the end of the day, you know, which employee wouldn't want to work with a brand that um, is managing their money well? You know, which um, supplier wouldn't want to work with that sort of a company? Which bank wouldn't want to bank such an institution? And which funding or DFI uh, would not want to give money to such a business? So manage your money well and manage your money smart and sharp. Point number four, manage and manage, sorry, manage and measure your growth in a structured manner. So the benefits of formalizing your business point number four is that you'll be able to manage and manage your you'll be able to manage and measure your growth in a structured manner because it's formalized. So everything is almost it's documented. So which is why I think one of the biggest fights as well for you, one of the biggest desires I'd always that I want you to have and one of the biggest things I want you to sort of walk away with here is, you know, you know, take your business online as much as you possibly can from an accounts perspective, because you've got free to use softwares that are out there in the market. So literally, you've got no excuse. And there's literally no better mentor than than, than online platforms and video based platforms that you can almost till today find whatsoever solutions you need to anything. And the last point, but definitely not least is um, access you the, the benefits of formalizing your business is you'll be able to access SMME support for government and 
private sector. So whatever support would be required, I mean, we'd see it. I think in the past couple of months, we had, we, sorry, we had the, the the recent looting and the violent protests where businesses uh, business businesses got damaged at the start of the pandemic, COVID nineteen. Um, you you saw um different institutions rolling out relief schemes, but largely so, those relief schemes are predicated on you being registered to a degree for you to be able to access the funding support. And to wrap it up, man, you know, at the end of the day, what I always say is that, um, you know, after all has been said and done, talk is cheap, numbers don't lie, but the proof is in the pudding. So the one, the best favor that you can always do for you and your growth of your business is simply for you to get things done. So, Go out there, over and above everything we've spoken about, do your own research, right? Go out there and do your own research, chat to your accountant, chat to your financial manager, chat to your, if you've got an accountant in, inside your business who works internally, chat to them and unpack the solutions that are available for you to either spend money better, to make more money and to save and grow your money. But I think, uh, you know, it would be sort of a miss um, without um, sort of touching on this because we're going to sort of unpack this yet again in another podcast similar to the procurement conversation which is investing you know invest your money because the moment you start to grow your business and you've got surplus cash you know you sort of need to think about your business from the spectrum that says you know the money that you're making now might not necessarily be the money that you make in the next two or three or four years so you're making this money right now because the opportunities are available to you but always have reserve cash that you sort of split aside that works towards the growth of your business but it also goes back to the mindset that you need to be willing to want to do that because sometimes the biggest challenge is the fact that you think we think that winning now means that we're going to win forever that we're not going to be disrupted but the codecs of this world have gotten disrupted um accommodations of this world have been disrupted um transportation has been disrupted and you will also be disrupted if you don't disrupt yourself so manage your money well do your own research and most importantly go out there and get things done I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Listen to it over and over again. Thank you so much, guys. That's it for today. If you like that podcast, show us some love and share it with your network. Once again, follow us on all of our social media platforms. Hashtag join us for tea. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Shout out to Joe Public for making this possible. Remember, Sisonke Rikaufela and Foster Njengom Zegezege.